Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where your past has no future and hope is reborn. Here is today's special guest speaker. teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry he gave the five gifts to the church to in, 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 in agreement bring the body of Christ into perfection and it is, it is the desire and the will of God that we honor and, and utilize all of that Amen. And uh, we're, we're honored to have a fella who is just getting started in the ministry. How many years has it been now? 40. Okay. I'm glad to help him get started. And uh, Brother and Sister Murphy, are uh, they fulfill the office of an evangelist. And uh, they, they travel extensively, and, and we're honored to have them here today. Would you welcome Brother Rick and Debbie Murphy? If you love the Lord, say amen. It's good to be in God's house this morning. Got a microphone for you, Sister Debbie, or not? Somebody. Oh, there it is, right there. All right. Praise the Lord. And uh, I'm Rick, and this is my wife, Debbie, and we're, it's good to be with you all. And I enjoyed that worship while ago. I'm telling you, it just get your mind off other things get your mind on God. That's, what's, that's the main thing, praise the Lord. We've been traveling a lot of years, and God has blessed us, and we just rejoice in everything. That I've pastored two, and uh, I've, I've been in uh, both worlds, pastoring and evangelism. And, uh, and so that's... Uh, God, it's, I'll tell you what, I, I feel for the pastor and I feel for the evangelist. I know exactly what's going on. God is blessing. Anyway, the Lord has blessed us and we're uh, traveling quite a bit. And uh, when we get done here, we go to, I don't know where we go to. We go someplace, but that's, we're, we're, we're scheduled. I have to keep my calendar. If I don't have that calendar on, it, on my phone, I'll forget where I'm at the following week. But uh, God is blessing and touching. We uh, just want to mention, I want you real quickly here that we do have two CDs that are available out there on in the vestibule area before we get started this morning. One is entitled, My God Can Move Any Mountain. That's by the Murphys. And the other one's entitled by my daughters. They also sing, which is titled, uh, uh, my, says, God, ha He Has a Plan. And I uh, almost pushed up the title there. And they're $15 and two for 25 And Debbie has, what, what do they call that stuff? I got some bling bling. Jewelry. <laughs> Jewelry that she sells. Five dollars each. Five dollars each. And already a couple of ladies already looked at them, and the, men, the husband's trying to talk them out of them, but it don't work. I've got news for you. It don't work. Just give in. You'll be blessed. Praise the Lord. A happy wife is a happy life. Just remember that. But uh, Debbie has that available. And uh, so just please remember that after service this morning. Debbie, say something for the Lord Jesus Christ. So tickled to be here today. It's tickled all right to say. I guess it is up here in northern Ohio. We say that down southern Ohio. We love the Lord. God is so good. I should not be here. About four years ago, I had stage four cancer. 
But God is good, isn't he good? You look at me, you wouldn't know it, would you? You'd never know it because God has kept his hand on me. He's took care of me. I'm thankful to be here today. I love you all. It's good to be with you. She don't have it anymore, praise the Lord. So we rejoice in that. We're going to sing a couple of songs for you. Now, we're, we're, our, our title type of singing is a Southern Gospel with a Country Flavor to it. And a friend of mine by the name of Matt, Matt uh, uh, Browder, he said, he said, Rick Murphy sings country. He's a country guy. And uh, one place I was singing one time, and I was singing a song, and the guy said, Ray Price couldn't have done it any better. And uh, I said, boy, he's country for sure. But uh, I, uh, the Lord helps us. Anyway, I wrote a song, one entitled The Christ Story. And I want to sh- sing a song for you this morning. And uh, Matt, La- Matt Browder, a friend of mine of the Browders, he said, he said, Rick, that's the most controversial song I've heard that needs to be sung everywhere. And uh, we've been singing it everywhere. Several years ago, when I wrote this song, I started to write it. There was a statement made by our former president, Barack Obama. He made this statement. He said, I am a Christian. I said, I'm glad to hear that. But then he said, there are many different ways to heaven. I said, wait a minute. That's not what the scripture tells us. The scripture says, Jesus, and I quote, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. End of quote. Jesus Christ said that. And Jesus Christ is the way. I want you to listen to the words of it as I try to sing it this morning. A little bit of horse, but I'll make you through it. Praise the Lord. Said the Christ story. Go ahead and roll it back there. People say that God is dead Religions, they're all the same It doesn't matter which path you take Or which God you proclaim Let me make it clear Lend me your ear Please listen to what I say about who is Lord you can ignore the words you hear today. For a virgin gave birth to God here on earth in a town called Bethlehem. And while he walked down His message was clear, Son of God and Son of Man. He died on the cross for all who was lost. He rose and lives again. And he's coming back to claim his own. His kingdom will never end. those who were blind all he could find they began to see he spoke to the wind peace be still and he calmed the raging sea took two 
small fish and five loaves of bread, five thousand they were fed. And the lame did walk and the dumb did talk. He even raised the dead. But most of all, at Pilate's Hall, guiltlessly took the blame. They beat his body, stripped him down, endured all the shame. Crucified on a tree for you and me. There he took our place. Redeemed our souls, we've been made whole by his amazing grace. Now all prophecies concerning him fulfilled everyone from the time of his birth his life here on earth no doubt that he's the one what do you believe be not deceived he is the only way for Jesus is the Christ truth and life. Will you be saved today? For a virgin gave birth to God here on earth in a town called Bethlehem. And while he walked down here, his message was clear. Son of God and Son of Man. He died on the cross for all who was lost. He rose and lives again. And he's coming back to claim his own. His kingdom will never end. Oh, yes, he claim his own his kingdom will never end amen he's definitely coming back praise the lord we have a song right now that's on the gospel charts and southern gospel charts and Debbie's going to sing it for you and uh, it's a, written by my oldest daughter rebecca and uh, she wrote this song and you'll hear her voice in the background Matter of fact, that oohs and ahs on there, you hear that on that last one? They're, my daughters are doing all that. They're just When uh, they're not with us, they're in a can. They're, they're in a can, so that, that's what's nice about it. But anyway, this song says, said, uh, said uh, I will arise, and I am going to rise. I like the way she wrote it, too. Listen to the words of it. Bless your heart as Debbie sings before we preach this morning. Bring that volume up on that. On that uh, Through the valley, he has walked through it with me. No matter what 
He's always met my need And though many times I have stumbled He has never left my side Been my rock, been my comfort, been my guide I will arise And give thanks unto the Father For he's shown me that he's faithful And his mercy will endure When I pray he hears my call And he's been there through it all Savior face to face and he'll prove again his promises are true for he has told me that he'll come again take me to a place that he has prepared for me and you I will arise and give thanks unto the Father for he's shown me that he's faithful and his mercy will endure I will arise to the Father, for He's shown me that He's faithful and His mercy will endure. When I pray, He hears my call, and He's been there through it all. want you to stand, if you would, for the reading of God's Word this morning, and I think they're going to put it up on the, uh, the, the uh, screen up there. Take your Bibles, and if you have them with you, you can turn with me to the book of right here, St. Mark. You ever... As a preacher, I've got so many things marked here. It turns to everything else. But Mark chapter 11 is a very, very powerful verse of Scripture that is stated here. And I want you to see something. This is a Scripture that changed my life forever about six years ago, a little over six and a half years ago. And it's a very, very powerful verse of Scripture. Now, understand this is something that we've probably read for quite some time. But it's, it's, it's something that, that Jesus states to his disciples that's very, very powerful. They see something, and then they, he says something to them. Mark 11, chapter verses 12 through 14, and then verses 20 through 24. Follow along with me if you will. In the morrow, when they came from Bethany, when they come from Bethany, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree afar off, having leaves, he came and might find, find happily, or might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. Now verse, jump down to verse number 20. And in the morning, when they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter called to remembrance, saith him, Master, 
Behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Now, I'll notice about Peter, he has a tendency to say things. Sometimes he sticks his foot in his mouth. Sometimes he gets rebuked. Several times that's happened. But notice what J Jesus said here. Notice, first of all, what he didn't say. Jesus did not say, first of all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the son of God and I'm the son of man. Secondly, I was there when the thing was created. So it's going to listen to me. He didn't say that. What did he say? Jesus answered and said unto him, Have faith in God. Whew, that's powerful. Have faith in God. I like that. Praise the Lord. He didn't stop there. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto the mountain, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. Praise the Lord. I said it changed my life forever. Now the word have faith in God, you go back to the original meaning of that, that means to have the faith of God. But then he says, speak unto the mountain. That's the authority that the, that the Christian has in her own life. Now I want to talk about that this morning. Would you stretch your hands in this direction, pray with me and for me at this time. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I ask you, Father, to touch in a very special way. Lord, I can do nothing without your divine touch. I need your help continually at all times. Touch me, I pray, O oh God, that I will preach your word effectively, that you will bring back remembrance those things which you have given me, not it be my words, but your words that speaks to hearts and lives in this place this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Touch, we pray, and let no one leave here like they came in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Have faith in God or have the faith of God. You may ask me, said, how is that something that changes your life, having faith in God? Most individuals will tell you it's hard to have faith. But I say, no, it isn't. Because everybody in here has a measure of faith. God has given it to you. It is a measure that you have. I remember in my own life growing up in church and what I saw over the years, what my faith has done over the years, it maybe started out small, but it also begins to increase as I begin to read the Word of God, pray the Word of God preached, hear other things about God, and see things see before my very eyes, my faith will automatically begin to increase. Somebody says, I don't know if I have much faith at all. First of all, if you are born again, you have a measure, you have faith there to be born again because no one can come to the Lord Jesus Christ without believing in their heart that he is the Lord Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior of their life. So faith is there. It's something that begins to happen in our lives. Now, one thing about it, I will say, I will say to anybody, if you go to church and you read your Bible, and you hear the word of God, faith is going to increase in your life. 
It is something that's going to happen. It is something that's going to take place. I know as a small child when I was growing up, I didn't have much faith at all. I didn't, I'm looking around to see what's going on. I thought people were crazy watching certain things going on that's happening. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm third generation in Church of God, and I'll tell you what, they were nuts back then. Some of them, I mean, they, they were literally holy rollers. They invented it, I think, the holy roller term and things. And those individuals, I remember, I remember one place we were at, the garage. They had an outside toilet, you know, that out there where they were at when I was, I'm telling my age now how long I've been around. But they didn't garage there, and they wouldn't get out till midnight. But they'd worship the Lord and praise the Lord and rejoice and just have a great time in the Lord. I said, that's fantastic. But there are certain things that you see over the years, and you begin to understand certain things. Well, anyway, being a part of that environment is helping to understand something about having the faith of God or have, under, getting a hold of that faith in my life. Because now that I'm an older individual, I have, I'm telling you what, there's more faith that I have today than I've ever had because of some, certain things that got a hold of me and turned my life around forever. See, years ago, I remember the revivals and revival meetings that we used to have. Years ago, I remember a revival meeting when I was about five years old. The revival meeting went on for eight solid weeks. Never forget it, as long as I live. Eight weeks of revival. They would, we would fall asleep. I was about five years old. So we'd fall asleep, and they'd put us underneath the pew because we'd fall asleep. But they wouldn't get out till midnight. But you saw, I saw miracle after miracle and certain things taking place that I never saw before. And I said, this has got to be something that is real, not something that is make-believe or fake. Something is actually happening. I remember the, the evangelist coming to church, and I'll never forget this, and he walks down the aisle, and I, I felt something come from the man there. I said, what is this? I never felt anything like it in my life. I mean, he's only about five feet from me, and he's walking down the aisle, and I feel something come on, a presence come from him. This was not something that, uh, this is something I said, I never felt this like this before. And I looked around, I said, I was standing in the pew like a five-year-old does, and I turned around there, and my mom was sitting there praising the Lord and speaking in tongues. What's going on here? What's, going, what's happening here? It is something that's a real experience that begins to take place and it broke on somebody's mind. Said, so in other words, this is not something or a religion. This is not something that we're just falling around because it's a thing to do. This is something that is real. This is something that is powerful. This is not just a, a thing that we go to a house to, to worship somebody or, or a statue. This is something that is real, that God is real. Understand that. And I began to realize that and understand it. When I was six years old, I remember something of witnessing a miracle for my first, first time in my own home. I remember my uh, daughter, my not, not daughter, my, my sister, my sister Sharon. She's a pastor's wife now, and, and uh, she, uh, she's in Amanda Church of God. That's the Frontline Church of God down in Amanda, Ohio. It's where my brother-in-law and she pastors. And been there 25 years, praise the Lord, and just keep it. Keeping the faith. Anyway, when she's about three years old, and I was six, we were running around in the house, and as, as young folks do, I was five, my, old, my sister Karen was five, four, uh, Sharon was, uh, I was six, Sharon was five, Sharon was three, and Ronald was two. And I think mom was pregnant with another one coming on the way. And so all this running around, kids were running around and play. Well, anyway, there was a, a rack was sitting over here, a, a cart, if you will, sitting there with a percolator coffee pot. 
And uh, that's back when the percolator coffee pots just came out, electric ones that came out. Now, some of you older ones know what a percolator coffee pot is. You younger ones have no idea, you know, what a percolator coffee pot <laughs> But the way it worked, it would boil the water, and the water would come up and go down to the coffee, and that's how you made coffee back then. So it was scalding hot. Well, she bumps into the cart, and when she bumps into the cart, the coffee pot dumped over and put her shoulder and all the way down her back was scalding, boiling hot water, hot coffee that came down her back. She let out a hideous scream that I'll never forget. And my mom let out a hideous scream as well because she didn't know what to do because she turned around there. My father, being the praying man that he was, he was in the workshop, cried out to he called up my father, and he came in there. He did not scream. He did not yell. He just knelt down on his knees and laid hands upon my sister and said, in the name of Jesus, and began to pray for her. And all of a sudden, that scream turned into laughter right before my very eyes. I said, man, I said, this is real. This is not something that's false. It is real that somebody can be healed. They took her to the hospital, and the doctors were they were just confounded. They could not believe what was happening because they're scraping her back, Pastor, and she's still laughing. She never had, I mean, no problems, no skin grafts, no anything. Now, understand that. So what happened? God is a healer, and he proved that he is He's a healer. See, one thing that we have to learn, and I get a hold of this, and I preach it continually, by his stripes we were healed. Hallelujah. That's what the Scripture tells us. And also it tells us that healing is a part of salvation. It's been a part of it for many, many years. Isaiah 53 brings it out and tells us he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. That's the Scripture. Now, seeing that healing take place, was phenomenal to me. Seeing those things happen was phenomenal. Now understand this, through the years we begin to, I began to understand something, that this is something that is real. Now understand this, as I was raised in the 60s and 70s, and uh, back, oh man, that was a, that was a trip. <laughs> but being raised, <laughs> raised during that time, and uh, we were talking about it, a few of us talking about it, when you're, when you're in high school in the 70s, how we used to dress back then, Lord help us, Jesus. I, I, th I looked back at pictures of us. I said, what in the world was we thinking? And, uh, but uh, I just, uh, I see this one guy on t television, you know, comes on and, and he says this. And, and he said, uh, my leisure, you know, he's walking around in a car. And he's got these big platform shoes on and, and a purple shirt and white pants. And I thought to myself, People don't know that, but that's how we used to dress back in the 70s. That's not part of my message, but you can have it anyway. Praise the Lord. But understand this, certain things. I mean, I had teachers that taught me, that tried to tell me that God did not exist. I understand that. But what I began to get a hold of was understand something, that this is something that is true. See, one thing about it, to have faith in God, is to have faith in this book, this book of the Bible. Praise the Lord. That this Bible is true. And it's from, from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelations. It is true. And I, I get done my research and I began to look at certain things. I said, hey, my teachers aren't telling the truth. 
This is the truth because the truth shall set you free. Praise God. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Praise God. That's what the Bible tells us. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the living God. So what happened to me, I got saved at the age of 15, 16 years old, right, right around, that, around that time. And God began to touch and bless. Now, understand this. I was part of, I was doing some singing ministry. And then I would, God, God came to church and went to church and came a part of the church and joined the church. And I, I, God began to bless and God began to touch. Now, understand this. As, you begin, as your faith begins to rise up, you begin to understand something that this thing is real. Now, I remember something that my pastor used to do. Now, my pastor was a type of person, he would preach on the baptism in the Holy Ghost about every, every, at least once a month. But he also pre preached on healing once a month. He would preach on it. Now, he would preach on it continually. Now, why would he do that? Because he believed in healing. Now, every Sunday night, he would do something. Every Sunday night, he would have a prayer line, and he would, he would call for the elders, and he would anoint them with oil. He said, we're going to have prayer, a prayer for the sick tonight. I want you to come out tonight. And, Pastor, I'm telling you, sometimes we'd be praying for a half hour to an hour, sometimes praying for individuals to get healed and touched. Now, one thing he would do would quote James chapter 5. In James chapter 5, the Bible tells us that it says, if you're sick among you, let them call for the elders. He said, let them anoint them with oil. He said, now if the community sin, it shall be forgiven of them. For he said, the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. For effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He would quote those scriptures, and he began to pray. Now during all this time was happening, certain things happening in my life, realizing my faith is no longer down here, but beginning to rise up because what I'm hearing. Remember, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Now, at the same time, these things were happening to me. The, the first thing I do, uh, the, of course, the Lord baptized me in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. That was rejoicing. I rejoice in that. God, God touched and God blessed. And the first thing they did to me said, I want you to teach a class. Would you mind teaching junior high? I jumped in it full force. Whew, that was a trip. Teaching junior high. Went from junior high to senior high. Preaching all the, teaching all those young people. And uh, at that time, I went from there and started doing that, went from there to the pastor's council, from the pastor, pastor's council on into assistant pastor. So all these things happening in my life, seeing how faith can rise up, praise God. And what, understand this, realizing these individuals are coming up in the altar, there's individuals that are being touched. I remember revival that we had uh, and there was a revival back in 1980. Never forget this revival. And Reverend Tim Oldfield, he's the pastor of the Potter's House in Columbus, Ohio, good friend of ours. And he, uh, he uh, prayed for this one man that was blind. And God opened that man's eyes in that revival meeting. And I'll never forget that. I said, man, I said, God can open blinded eyes. I'm telling you, it's phenomenal, phenomenal to watch what God can do. And so all this time I'm called to preach. God's blessing and faith is rising up in my own life. I said, this is real. This is something when you pray. Because every time we saw some, somebody being healed, the power of God, those scriptures go out. And they said, hey, this is what works. James chapter 5 does really work. Now, I started preaching in 19 and, oh, Lord, 
81. Been singing, been, been singing ministry since seven. That's been longer than 40 years. Look at that. Longer. 75. That's a little longer. 43 years. Well, quite a while. But anyway, 1981, I preached my first revival in 1982. Now, in 1982, I went up to Shelby, Ohio, the Church of God, preaching there from a Thursday night to Sunday. And in my 20s, early 20s, I could, you know, I think I was leaping pews and all that kind of stuff like that back then. I don't think I can do that anymore. I'd be lucky to step on a step today. But the power, I mean, we had a tremendous revival. It was God began to touch and God began to bless Anyway, I come home and get ready to go to work the next morning or go to bed to get ready for go to work the next morning. And I wake up, it's on a Sunday night, I wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning with severe chest pains. Severe, I mean, it's severe. I thought I was having a heart attack. Debbie rushes me to the, to the hospital emergency room. And the doctor says, you're not having a heart attack you have what they call a hyenal hernia. I said, what doctor? I said, what in the world is a hyenal hernia? I never heard of such a thing. So he begins to explain to me it's a rupture in the esophagus. And said, we cannot operate on it. It's pretty much something that you're stuck with the rest of your life. And uh, he said, well, I said, I said, what causes this thing? He said, well, there's two things that can cause it. He said, said it will cause an inflammation. That's what causes the pain. He said, spicy food will cause it. Do you eat spicy food this weekend? I said, no, I didn't eat any spicy food. I don't like spicy food. And said, there's another thing that will cause it. It's called stress. He said, what else did, what, what, what did you do this weekend that caused stress? I said, the only thing I did this weekend was preach a revival. I get tickled with the doctor. He says, well, what in the world is that? You can tell what his upbringing was. So I explained to him what I did. And he said to me, well, that'll have to stop. You can't do that anymore because you do that, you're going to have this flare up all the time. I said, no, whoa, wait a minute, doctor. I said, understand this. You're telling me that God's called me to preach which you don't understand, and I'm going to be stuck with this thing the rest of my life? I said, well, we can't do anything for you. I said, you may not be able to do anything for me, but I know somebody who can do something for me, and his name is God. Somebody better get a hold of that. Hallelujah. And I said to, I said to my wife, said, I know exactly what I'm going to do. They're going to have prayer line come Sunday night. And I'm going to be the first one in that prayer line, and I'm going to get my healing. Now, understand this. It's about faith, having the faith that God's going to do it. I'm going to ask of the Lord, and I'm, going to call, and I'm going to have them pray for me and lay hands on me that I am healed in Jesus' name. Sunday comes Sunday night. I was the first one in the prayer line. When the pastor anointed me with oil and laid his hands upon me, I felt the power of God hit my head, went down to my feet, and come back up here and settle right here. There was not a doubt in my mind that God healed me that night. It was March of 1982. Now listen to me. I have preached hundreds, I mean heard hundreds and top of hundreds revivals over the years. 
I have preached, I mean, I preached I, one time that I preached for six months straight without a night off. Guess what? Debbie also, because she likes spicy food, introduced me to that. And I now I eat spicy food. But understand this, I have not had a problem here since 1982. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Now that, t that tells me that God has healed my body, praise the Lord, and healed me of that hyena hernia. See, God can do that. That's having faith in God that he can do all things. There's nothing impossible with him. Now, in 1985, I started in full-time evangelistic work. I've been preaching for pastor and associate pastor for him. And in 1985, I started preaching. And, uh, man, what a time we had. Now, understand this. Remember how faith works. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The more you hear it, the more you receive it, the more you read it, faith is going to rise up within you. Because remember what the Scripture tells us. Uh, when Peter said it in, 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 in 1 Peter 2 and 28, he said this. He said, by his stripes he built it in the past tense that you were already healed. You were healed. So he makes that type of statement to you and I. Now, understand this. When you're preaching revivals, I remember one revival that we preached, Pastor. We started out a weekend revival. The thing went for three weeks. We saw 65 people 65 people saved, 55 baptized in the Holy Spirit, and miracle after miracle after miracle. I remember one lady that she was crossing the road right there in the in, in, in the middle of downtown Columbus, close to the downtown Columbus on Broad Street where the church was at. And she was and a truck hit her, knocked her up in the air, and she went down and she could not move. We just came out of a Holy Ghost Pentecostal service. And the, they gathered around her, began to pray for her. The guy was a Vietnamese that was driving. He thought we'd all been nuts. I mean, this was going crazy. They were praying for this woman. And she was not able to get up, but she stood up. Now, the squat was called, and they, called, they, they went ahead and took her to the, the emergency room just to make sure she was all right. She came back the next day and listened to her testimony. She said, they x-rayed me and everything and said, they asked me a question. Have you ever had a broken leg? said, not in my lifetime that I know of. But we're seeing on the x-rays where you had one and it's been mended back together again. Oh, somebody. We, I mean, we took off again and began to shout and praise the Lord that God is able to do those type of things. And we saw God move time and time and time and time again, seeing the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing, see, understand this. When you believe what the Word of God tells us, as Romans told us, as Paul said in Romans, he said, believing those things which are not as though they were. Believing God in all things, trusting in the Lord. Don't look at circumstances, but look at the Word, the author, and what it says in here. Because the Word is right. Hallelujah. Circumstances may lie to you, but God's Word, praise God, will never change. Now, in 1987, my youngest daughter, Christina, was born. And uh, when Christina was, when Debbie was pregnant with Christina, there was a Mexican restaurant called Zantico's. I wonder if you ever had one up here, I don't know. But she was craving hot sauce. She'd take those little bags and she'd suck them on them every day. She'd grab a handful of them and just, she had to have it. She said, go get me a handful of those. She didn't want a taco. She wanted hot sauce. And so she said, 
I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Said, but anyway, when she got done having that baby, she had to have her gallbladder removed. I said, I wonder why. Well, anyway, she could not carry Christina. Christina being the healthy girl that she was, that was dad's responsibility. So I was walking down the flight of steps with Christina in my arms. Now when you got a girl in your arms, a little baby, you cannot see where you're stepping. So I missed the step. And I began to fall. You're right about that law of gravity. I found out the bigger you are, the harder you fall. It's, it's a, it's a, now I had, a, I had two choices, hurt me or hurt her. She didn't get hurt. But old Rick Murphy, he really got hurt. Because when I went down, I could not move. I mean, I was hurting so bad. I said, oh, my goodness, this is, this is, this is whatever, it's bad. So they, they, they have somebody come and get me and take me to the emergency room. And, and the doctor, some, some doctors, I tell you, they have the worst bedside manner I've ever seen in my life. He shows me the x-ray of my foot. And he says, you have what they call a splintered fracture. And he shows me the x-ray. You ever seen a chicken bone that's been broke like this and the splinters go like this? That's what it looked like. I said, I said, give me some pain pills. Give me something. That made, that made me hurt worse just looking at it. And he said, well, it's, it's bad. He said, I'm not going to tell you it's not good. It's, or it's good. It's, it's not. It's bad. And so he begins to tell me, all these things. He said, well, we're going to put a, put you, get you fixed up here and put a cast on your, on your foot and leg. And uh, we're going to, we're going to put about 10 to 12 weeks and another 10 to 12 weeks of therapy. You may get 75% of your, of your ankle and foot back, but that's if you're lucky. And says, so, meanwhile, you're going to have these crutches. I've never walked on crutches in my life and I sure couldn't walk on these things. And I said, this is real good. Here I am, a full-time evangelist, and I'm going to go and tell everybody about healing the power of God, and I'm walking around on a crutch. I said, this ain't going to work. I said, Debbie, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to church on Sunday. And on Sunday night, I may not be the first one in line because I can't move that fast, but I'm going to get up there, and I'm going to ask God to heal me because if he can heal me of a hyena hernia, he could heal this foot. Oh, glory. So I went. And you're right, I wasn't the first one in line. I was the last one in line. Now the pastor laid hands on me, but I didn't feel anything. I mean, I went up hurting, and I went back to my seat hurting. I said, okay. But I, I obeyed what God said. Call, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. I went home that night, got up the next morning, and the moment that I got up, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, take the cast off, you are healed. I said, what? You heard me. Take the cast off, you are healed. So I tell Debbie, I said, Debbie, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, take the cast off, you're healed. And she looks at me and says, now Rick, I'm not doubting that God ever spoke to you. But if he didn't, you take that cast off, 
you're going to pay another doctor to put another cast on, and we don't have that type of money. I just looked at her, okay. And I waited until she went to bed that night. I'm serious when I'm telling you this. I found me a hacksaw, a hammer, and a chisel, bucket of hot water, and I went to work. Now, I found out something. A cast is as hard as concrete. It is. It took me over two hours, but I got that cast off. I said, all right, I'm taking you at your word. Now, all this time, I'm still in pain while I'm doing it. I take it off, and I said, all right, I'm trusting you completely. I stood up, and I put weight on the foot. And the moment that I put weight on the foot, the pain left completely. It was gone. And I began to walk around that family room. Then I began to skip around that family room. Then I began to run around that family room. Then I began to shout around that family room. When I shouted, that woke her up. Here she come. She said, Rick Murphy, what have you done? I said, it's not what I've done. It's what my God has done. I'm healed. Praise the Lord. Now, you can tell the way I'm walking up here, there ain't no 75%. It's, it's 100%. Now, listen to what the Lord told me. He said, the moment you asked me, praise God, he said, I was, the healing was there. You got to accept it by faith. Walk by faith and not by sight. Furthermore, 2,000 years ago at the cross of Calvary, when I said it was finished, I finished it all right then and there. I took care of your sin, and I took care of your sickness and disease. I said, thank you, Jesus. He took care of it all. Now, through the years, what I have learned is that that works have that type of faith, that you believe what God says. I've come to, come to the conclusion very simply is this. I am going to take this word above anything else. It doesn't matter what man says. It doesn't matter what somebody thinks or what something, what they pass to the General Assembly. It, what it matters, what this word says, can somebody say amen to that? That's what we've got to get a hold of, to have that faith in God. Now, the second part of that scripture that he mentions here is having, he says, I want you to speak to the mountain. Now, remember something I've, I've, I've told you. I've been preaching this stuff for years. I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. But one thing that I found out is the devil don't like us. Hope you figured that out now. He don't like you at all. He can't stand you. Several years ago, I was... Uh, before, I, I, I was evangelized for many, many years, and the Lord told me to pastor, and I pastored in Columbus for a little bit, about seven years there, in the early part of 2000 on to 2015 or 14, I think it was, at the Climb Road Church of God. And all of a sudden, certain things began to happen that I was not prepared for. Now, understand this about sickness. Now, sickness works. This is what I found out. What do you mean things, certain things began to happen? Now, understand this. But any time the enemy, or any time sickness would come in my direction, I'll be praying. I'm going to pray, pray the prayer of faith. I'm going to have somebody pray for me. And I'm going to believe God that God's going to touch. But one thing that I noticed what was happening 
So the Bible tells us, first of all, understand about the enemy. He is the afflictor and he is the accuser of the brethren. The word affliction comes from 1 Peter 5 and 8 where it talks about their 5, 8, 9, where it talks about the same afflictions that are in your brethren is in you. In other words, he's the one that brings those type of afflictions. And when I understood something, when I began to understand about that, was what was happening to me was I could not, I said, man, this is, I cannot believe I'm being bombarded. Now, this is what I found out. Let me say this first of all. If you're in leadership, you will be bombarded first. Did you know that? As those of you in, that's, ever been, that's in the military, been in the military, in the past, in Vietnam, when the lieutenants were wore their insignia, they didn't live long. Today, in the military, when they're in the battlefield, they do not wear their rank. Their rank does not show because it's an automatic sniper to kill. Because if that person's in leadership, it causes the soldiers to be in chaos. That's what happens. And as a pastor, as a minister, I found this out. He will attack. The reason he attacks is because he don't want you in the pulpit. He don't want you doing certain things that you need to do for Christ. Secondly, because you're a soldier in the army of God, he's going to do everything that he possibly can. Most of us here, the enemy has come too late to take away our victory or to take away our salvation. We've got the determination. If we, you kill me, devil, it don't matter. I'm going to end up. But he loves to wound the soldier that the soldier cannot go forward for Jesus Christ because a wounded soldier cannot work. You, do you hear me? He cannot do that because he loves to put them where they're wounded and cannot move. Now, what I remember, now certain things, let me, let me tell you somehow the enemy. Now, understand this. I'm a man of faith, and I believe in faith, and I believe what God can heal. But listen to the things that the enemy brought in my direction, okay? I want you to get a hold of this. The first thing that he, got a, he did to me is brought high blood pressure. Can I get it out right now? My blood pressure started at what's it, 250 over 150. That's a, you're in stroke territory when that begins to happen. The second thing he just did to me was brought a thing called gout. I never heard of gout in my life till it hit me. They said, it's a rich man's disease. I said, I wish I had the riches to go along with it if it's a rich man's disease. He had, I mean, I was getting gout every six months. I would pray and gout would touch me. But sometimes, Lord have mercy, the attacks were vicious that came against me. It locked my knees up one time that I could not even move. And the pain was so unbearable. <laughs> Two times, in, in a, this is a matter of a few years, he hit me with kidney stones. Kidney stones that would not pass. That's fun. And that's painful as well. One time I had, Pastor, I had a kid, kidney stone. Get this. Two days later, I had gout. Three days later, I had shingles. Oh. I mean, Lord, have mercy. The trial's a joke. There's certain things that's come in my direction. And I'm sitting there and I'm praying. I'm believing God. I'm trusting in the Lord, try, trusting in the Lord. And I'm sitting there going, what in the world? I said, this is, this is because what happened was when I'm, when I'm down and out and I'm praying and asking God to touch me, and sometimes it wouldn't happen instantaneously. 
Sometimes it would take a few days. But understand this, I could not function the way I needed to function. I said, something has got to be done about this. The enemy is attacking, and I'm praying, and I'm believing God. I'm believing what this Bible says. I'm believing what this Word says, and I don't quite understand it because by His stripes I am healed. But something in the sound of my voice, you've gone through some of that, some, some stuff similar to that, where the enemy just attacks and attacks and attacks, and you don't know what to do about it. Well, anyway, I got to that point. And this is where that second part of that scripture comes in. One night, and I'm going to share something with you. It's very, very powerful. One night, uh, I could not sleep. And it's about 1 o'clock in the morning. So I had a complaining session with God. You know what that is? You just, tell, you just let it all, Lord, I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. I know what your word says. I know what's happening here, but my body is not a pincushion for the enemy, and I want to know what, what I can do about it, what's going on here. And basically, I was complaining to God. About an hour from one o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. And Pastor, when I got done, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Are you done? I said, Yeah. He said, Now it's my turn. And from two o'clock in the morning till six o'clock, a little over after six o'clock in the morning, he began to talk to me. He said, Change my life forever. The first thing he said to me, he said, I am the Lord thy God. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything that I cannot do? The first thing he showed me is how, you, how this whole universe was put into existence. He began to speak. Understand this. He didn't do it with his hands. He spoke it. He spoke the word. And I'm telling you to watch what was going on here as he begins to speak the word and it, because because it comes out of his mouth, it doesn't return void. It accomplishes that which he pleased and prosper in the place where to in which he has sent it. And I saw those, I saw planets and stars and galaxies and all that kind of stuff being formed. And I, and I said, is there, any, is there anything that I cannot do? I said, oh my, my, there's, there's nothing that you cannot do. And I'm watching this. I mean, it's, uh, the best way I can describe it is like he was speaking, when he spoke to Job. And he said, there's nothing that I cannot do. Praise God. Nothing that I cannot do. The second thing that he showed me was this. He showed me everything that I could remember from the time that I was little until the time that I was, I was an adult. And he showed me every miracle that took place. Everything that I had witnessed, everything that I had seen, the, the healing power of God, the, the power of God began to move and touch. He said, is there anything that I cannot do? I can do all things. I have all power. There is nothing, pray. There is nothing, no devil, no demon, no anything out there, praise God, that I don't have power over. And I said, man, oh man. I said, Lord, there, I'm, I'm feeling real humble now. I said, Lord, there's nothing that you cannot do. And the third thing he showed me was shocking to me. He said, now let me show you who you are. You know who I am. Now I'm going to show you who you are. So he takes me back to the altar 
where I got saved. And I got saved. And then he begins to show me my life from then on until the present day. And I'll tell you, just to, just to watch you that, when you hear something like that, that he's going to show you who you are, that kind of takes you back. He said, oh, God, he knows. Lord, have mercy. He knows everything. He knows the number of hairs on my head. Lord, I'm in trouble now. But I watched this. I watched my entire life go before me, right before my very eyes. It's like a film being played. But I noticed something, Pastor. There were some things that were missing. I said, Lord, I don't quite understand. I said, you're showing me my life when I got saved, but there's some things that I don't see. There's some things that are missing. He says to me, what things? I said, Lord, you know what they are. You tell me. I said, well, my, my faults, my failures, I don't see them. He says to me, I'll never forget it, what faults? What failures? I said, I don't understand, Lord. You know I've done them. He smiles at me, Pastor, and says, did you not repent of the things that you have failed? I said, yes. So what does my word say? I cast them in the sea, never to be remembered against you ever again. When I see you, I don't see a failure. When I see you, I see a child. My child, you are my son. <laughs> you are part of my family. And don't you ever forget that. You are part of my family. Oh, somebody. Oh, some. Well, I'll tell you what. That just, I said, what? You've got to be kidding me. You are part of my family. I am not going to throw you away. You are my son, Rick Murphy. Then he takes me up. I'm carried away in the spirit. I'm not dreaming. I'm wide awake. And he takes me up into the heavenlies and shows me two things. The first thing he shows me is a room full of more money than I could ever count. I said, Lord, what is this? He said, all you see here is yours. I said, what do you mean it's mine? He said, everything that I have belongs to you. My children own everything here. Everything that I have is theirs. They are heirs, hallelujah, praise God, that belongs to them. I will supply their need. I will also I will give them what they want. All they have to do is ask me. The second thing he shows me is another room full of body parts, every body part known to man, the largest room I've ever seen. It had every organ, every limb, every muscle, from eyes to lungs, you name it, it was there. The raptor's gifts. I said, what is this? He said, I have a replacement part for anything that ails man. All they have to do is ask me, and I'll give it to them. I said, why are the raptors gifts for? He said, because they're freely given. They don't do anything to earn it. It's been paid for by Jesus at the cross of Calvary. Can somebody say praise the Lord? I said, I said, oh, I like it. He said, all these things you have, all you have to do is receive it. Now, he said to me, I said, I said, 
Lord, I said, I understand that. I said, how do I receive it? He said, this is what my word says. My word says, and he brings me to this verse of scripture here. And he says, speak to the mountain. And it be removed to be cast in the sea, and it shall obey you. I have given you authority as a child of God. Because the scripture tells us what to ask and seek. That word seek means to seek it out. Seek what we have. It's praise God that we can have whatever we can have from the Lord Jesus Christ. We can get a hold of it. The Bible also tells us in the book of Matthew chapter 16, it says this. I like this. He said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Praise God. You ask of the Lord. You ask of God. And God will do it. Praise God. It's not that you're making a demand. You're just saying, whatever you have for me, I want to receive it in the name of Jesus Christ. And said, secondly, tell that devil to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has no choice but to go. Something else, I, I, I often forget this, Pastor, because the devil's one brought the sickness. Jesus don't bring it. The devil does. It's a part of the curse, and the devil's part of that curse. Tell him to go in the name of Jesus Christ. And he has no choice but to go. I said, wow. Now, when I, I told my wife that, dream or the vision I had that, that day. See, I never heard of such a thing. Never heard of it. Not too long after that, about a, about a year or two after, I was watching Christian television. Two men. I think you've heard of them. Kenneth Copeland and Jesse Duplantis. They're talking about healing. And they're talking about this man that was healed, a preacher over in Africa. He had a shattered elbow. And they had to put a replacement elbow in his arm. And he was having so much pain. He said, they prayed to God, said, would you take care of this? He said, I will. He goes to sleep one night. Wakes up the next morning, the artificial elbow joint is on the outside of his arm, on the pillow. And he's able to move his arm. They're looking at the artificial joint. The doctor's looking at it. It has a serial number. The doctor's initials there. It's the one they put in there. And listen to while they're talking. They said, there's such such a minister, a missionary, said God gave him a vision of heaven and showed him a room full of body parts and said these words to him said, you tell everybody that I have a replacement part that anything that else, man, I just came off of my seat when I heard that. I said, this was told world, around the world, on the side of the world. Somebody else heard this. Now, this is, I'm, I'm telling you, God spoke to it. He does have a replacement part. Now, when you hear that kind of stuff, it just gets a hold of you. Now, Debbie had stage 4 cancer. At the same time she had stage 4 cancer, the devil decides to attack me. I was a full-blown diabetic. Four insulin shots a day. The devil's attacking. Came a prescription called Lantus. Another one called Humalog. Also, I was on a drug called metformin twice a day. My sugar got up to over 600 
My A1C level was in double digits. They thought I was, I was hospital. They had to put me in the hospital because they thought my kidneys were going to fail. Now we're all going through this. My doctor, and I just, I, what our doctor called us, honey? Job 1 and Job 2. Now, she gets, this is close to Thanksgiving time. She's diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. I'm a full-blown diabetic. Seeing double vision, cannot even drive. I said, she says to me, says, Rick, am I going to be around next, next year? I said, I don't want you talking like that because I remember what he said to us, what he said to me, and we're going to stand upon it right now. I said, the first thing we're going to do, we're going to speak to that cancer and tell that cancer to go. We're going to speak to this diabetes and tell it to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because God given that authority that he's going to do some replacement part. He's going to give us, he's going to give us something that's brand new. So we begin to pray and we begin to speak. Debbie's had how many tests, honey, since that time? A dozen. They cannot find a trace of cancer in her body at any time, at any moment. She's a perfect specimen of health. The doctor tells her, said, man, I can't, he said, whatever you're doing, just keep on doing it. What happened in my life? I was in the hospital, yeah. Three, three months after out of the hospital. He says, I've seen reversals in my time, but I've never seen a reversal this quick. He said, I'm taking you off the Humalog. Three months later, he says, he said, your A1C level is so low, if I didn't know you were a diabetic, I wouldn't even brought it up. He said, I'm taking you off the Lantus. There's no need for it anymore. Three months later, he takes me off the metformin. I have been, he's, I've, I have blood work done every six months and, all, and, and, and an annual physical every year. Praise God. He said, I'm telling you, he said, your blood work, everything is perfect. There's nothing wrong with you whatsoever. You're sure, you don't have sugar anymore. You're just perfect. I, I don't know what, they said, whatever you, they said, what do you count that to? I said, prayer and diet. Praise the Lord. He said, well, keep on doing what you're doing because it's working. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. There's not a doubt in my mind that God gave me a brand new pancreas. How do you know that? Because I'm going to tell you something. Back years ago, Pastor, when I was at that worn out pancreas, I could eat a Krispy Kreme donut, my sugar would go over 200. I could eat a Krispy Kreme donut today, and it won't go over 100. So I know something. I got a brand new one. Hallelujah. In its place. Can somebody... Oh, somebody better shout about that one. That's the type of God that you and I serve. He is able to do those type of things. Hallelujah. That's the God that you and I serve. Now, here's the great thing about this. See, I hold on to certain things. See, because remember I told you I used to get scout every six months? I ain't had one in years. I ain't had kidney stone in years. Well, somebody better get a hold of it. Why? Because one thing about it, any type of pain that comes to my body. Don't understand this. I'm 59 years old, going on 60, and I do have aches and pains from time to time. I begin to pray, and I rebuke them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's, hey, <laughs> what I need to do, just continue praying, and watch what God can do, praise the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But understand this. There are certain things that God has done in our bodies that I know that he's done. And the Bible also tells us in Psalms 103 that he'll restore your youth on the wings of eagles. That's what he tells you that he will do in your life. 
So what? Hey, I'm not going to walk around sick. I'm going to walk because I got too much to do for the cause of Christ. So I begin to speak to it. And watch what happens. It, it takes place. And sickness and disease is gone. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you this morning, it don't matter what ails you. God can heal you and touch you and make you completely whole in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Because I'm a firm believer, we shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the type of God that you and I serve. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Can God make somebody, change, change somebody from a diet? Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. Said the, you know, diabetes and cancer has plagued the church. It's plagued the church. And God, it's time we get rid of the plague. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and tell it to go. In Jesus' name. Now, that doesn't mean you go back and eat stupidly as you did before. In other words, I'm not going to eat Krispy Kreme donuts every day. That's dumb. I don't know. Something about that light turning on. When... No, you don't do that. You eat sensibly. God will tell you to do that as well. Take care of your body. But God can heal you and make you completely whole. I've seen people get received. I, you know, brand, brand new vision. God's touched them, made them whole. I've seen those things happen. I remember one, one I'll never forget this, one sister came. Her blood sugar was running 300. Couldn't get under 300. We prayed for her. The next, next night she comes, she said, my blood sugar was down to 84. It's never been that low in years. One man came and he said, I heard you talking about the gout, and I suffer from gout. And he said, I'm going to get in that prayer line. He began to, we prayed for him, Pastor. Pain left his knee, was in his knee, and God touched him and made him completely whole. Was it, was it next? You know what he did next? He was straight to the altar and gave his life. He wasn't even saved, and God saved him. You got to do that? Yeah. Because what he did Sunday, he took brought his whole family to the church on Sunday, and the whole family got saved. God, don't tell me Jesus did it all the time. He healed them, praise the Lord, and turned their life around. God can do such things as these. And God wants to change you and touch you and make you whole. In Jesus' name. our special guest speaker today at Encounter. All of our guest speaker messages can be downloaded from our website, godenc.com. Messages from Bishop Michael Rice are freely available on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter. We are